And for me, when I was a kid, I always had trouble bringing food to school, where my classmates didn't understand what the hell are you eating? Yeah. What is that eggplant with fried rice? And I feel like the best way to solve this problem is solving it from the root. This episode of the Bloomex podcast is brought to you by MCRO, who enables businesses to grow through handcrafted digital solutions of the future. MCRO is a web and mobile app development studio with a competent, dedicated, and experienced team focused on solving business challenges through fast-to-market and high-performance digital products. If you're looking to turn your disruptive ideas into reality or have a reliable strategic par tech partner to explore options for your existing work, reach out to Henry Yu from MCRO for a chat over coffee or a bone shaker IPA, your choice. Okay, Ivy, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, so I wanted to bring you on, talk about your, your startup, CML. CML? Yes, CML. CML and also um, WeChat, mm -hmm. the apps you guys, the mini apps you make on WeChat yeah. for the company. That's really cool. So. You bring up your site. So CMEOW is basically, it's like an Uber Eats, skip the dish, but for the Asian community. Yes, uh, so CMEOW is Canada's largest Asian food platform. Okay. And we offer food delivery, mm -hmm. mobile pickup, and uh, with our next coming release, we have a bunch of different uh, local services uh, in Canada. So for example, Toronto, we have uh, snack delivery and also dry cleaning delivery as well. And for places like Edmonton, uh, we have different services depending on the actual location. Uh, right now we are in seven cities across Canada. Nice. And we are looking to expand to Vancouver by the end of this year. So what's the, why the need for another self, like, um, sorry, food delivery? Start yes, up, right? so um, this is actually a really long story. Okay. Uh, being a second generation immigrant myself, I always had trouble balancing between the two of my cultures. Mm -hmm. um, so the Chinese side and the Canadian side. I was born in Beijing, China, and I came to Canada with my parents when I was four. So my mother tongue is actually in English, and I learned Chinese on, on the side. And for me, when I was a kid, I always had trouble bringing food to school where my classmates didn't understand what the hell are you eating? Yeah. What is that eggplant with fried rice? And I feel like the best way to solve this problem is solving it from the root. And uh, the, the goal for Simiao is to actually bring and gather Asian foods um, here in Canada and allow non-Asian people have the, op have the opportunity to experience it. And at the same time, have Chinese immigrants, Asian immigrants, um, be able to have a taste of back home here in Canada. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I, the understanding is also there's a huge expat community, mm -hmm. right, from the Asian countries that are here. They're looking for more authentic experience as well. So I'm pretty sure that's fueling your, th th this initiative you have going yeah. on, right? Yes. So how's it different from, how's, how's the feel of your app, I guess, different from going on Skip the Dish and just going for the Asian options there? Um, is there, how do you guys, how do you fine tune it more, more for your community? Yeah, so the example that I like to use is that um, so our competitor, Uber Eats, for example. Um, let's say they are McDonald's. So they have uh, soda drinks, they have hamburgers, they have fries, they have uh, fried chicken as well. 
and for Simiao, we are KFC. We specialize in Asian foods, whereas Uber Eats, they're great for everyday general use. But our vision for Simiao is that when you think about Asian foods, uh, when you think about Japanese food, Korean food, you would think about us. Mm. Okay. So do your drivers like speak a certain language too to help translate, or is it anyone can drive for you guys? Uh, right now, our drivers, uh, we have a network of 400 drivers across Canada, and uh, the majority of them are um, Asian in background, and they do speak Chinese and English. And the goal for them is that in the future, language wouldn't be a barrier. Um, a lot of immigrants who come to Canada, their first job is actually Simiao. Mm. And in order for them to have a steady job, they have a schedule. So it's not really on demand like Uber Eats. So they do have a part-time or a full-time schedule on our platform. That's amazing. I mean, that's a tremendous growth rate. We operate in seven countries, 400 drivers. Um, How did you get there? Seven From cities. Seven cities. Seven, cities. <laughs> seven countries, sorry. I wish. Seven, seven cities, yeah. I mean, that's a great, great. Um, so what was the story? So you had this, you had this experience, this problem. Right, you, um, so how was your launch like? How was creating the application? Like, what were the troubles there? Yeah, so we started in 2013. That was about five to six years ago. Um, this idea first sparked when uh, I was just about to graduate high school, actually. And at that time, you would see a couple of Asian restaurants opening up around Toronto. And Toronto is a city best known for its multi multiculturalism. Yep. And um, it was a perfect opportunity for us, and we really do see a trend and a need in the future yeah. uh, for, the, for this niche community. And even though I say it's a niche community, it's a huge market. Um, the Asian restaurant sales did $34 billion last year, yeah. and it's growing very, very fast. Yes. And so in the beginning, we started out in one neighborhood. So for us, it was Scarborough. Nice where they had a lot of Chinese food then. Yep. Uh, it started with three drivers, um, me and my co-founder, Anthony, and then we also had another um, employee that helped us. So how did you guys come together, the founding team? Uh, so I knew Anthony for a really long time, so prior to Simiao, and uh, it was actually his idea. And he contacted me and, and presented this idea to me and asked if I wanted to uh, come on board. Um, for him, he was a first-generation immigrant, so he really had the Chinese knowledge on, on the Chinese side, whereas I had the experience in the Canadian side, so we thought that was a perfect match. And um, what really brought us together is that we have different skill sets. Mm -hmm. He is very good with tech, and I'm better on the business side, um, so that really worked out perfectly. Yeah, that, that's a perfect team, right? Yeah. One person to be business side, one person mm -hmm. to be tech side. And especially if you're a tech company, you got to know at least something in the founder team has to be a, a tech person. Yeah, and it saved us a lot of money yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. So he made, the, he crafted the app himself? Yeah, so actually I started first with our website. Okay. And then uh, we did that for a year, and we actually closed down the website, and we spent all of our time uh, developing our app. So right now we're available on Android and iOS. And uh, we're we're in the process of releasing a new version, actually. Okay. Um, so now with English as well. Yeah. yeah. So right now it's all in what, what language? Right now it's in Chinese. Um, we also have a WeChat mini program as well. Yeah. So we're ahead of the game. So all of the technology you see in China nowadays, we have everything in advance here at at Simiao. In what way? Like what kind of technologies? 
Um, so we, the WeChat mini program is one. Uh, we work with a lot of um, Chinese uh, payment um, companies. So like WeChat Pay, Alibaba Pay, and also Union Pay, which mm. is the Interact of China. And we worked really closely with them and our customers can pay using um, their, uh, their methods of payments. And that really makes it easy for our customers as well. Yeah, I mean, in China, almost all payments now are like are like cashless, right? Yes. All, all cashless, cashless, all transaction uh, transactions, uh, digital transactions. Do are, are like tourists like frustrated when they come to North America and not be able to experience that, or? Yeah. So we actually have a good chunk of our users who are actually visitors or tourists. Um, so for visitors, they're here for about three or four months, and then tourists, they'll be here for a couple of weeks. And because we have our WeChat mini program, they don't have to download our app. They can find us through WeChat and they can have an order through, through that. Um, for our visitor side, they have, they have convenient ways for them to make a payment. And um, the reason why I said we are developing a new version of our app is because throughout the years, we realized um, they, they are used to different types of user experiences. So for example, in in the Chinese mindset, in the Chinese mindset, they are used to to logging out on on the left side of the screen, whereas in the Canadian, they're used to the right side. So on our English and Chinese version, we take that in um, in, in perspective. Yeah. Okay, so people can switch between the type of interface they want. Yes. That's very interesting because like we see a lot of these brands now are like hyper personalizing their use cases depending mm -hmm. on the community that uses them, like Netflix for example, like. If you're like a middle-aged girl versus like a teenage girl versus a guy, mm -hmm. right? You have completely different experiences on the site from the layouts to the type of um, uh, the, the thumbnails you see. So the personalization of these brands that you're seeing, is, it, it, it's really interesting what technology is allowing brands to do now mm -hmm. and the way they display different people. And so you're targeting communities based off their use cases and what they like to see and the type of content they like to see too as well, I'm assuming, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. Um, so again, okay, so let's go back to Scarborough, right? You launched in Scarborough, you got three drivers. What was the process? How did you, you qualify a driver for like, to yep. start us off, go ahead. So a driver would have to have at least a G2, so yeah. a driver's license. Um, they would have to have at least three years of um, driving experience actually. Was there any trouble finding the first few drivers? Uh, actually, no, not at all. Uh, I would say for the first two years of our business, everything went very smoothly. We did no marketing at all, no paid marketing at least. Wow. And uh, we bootstrapped this business. So looking back now, our, our user acquisition cost is $1.33, which is very, very low. Yeah. And that really helped us scale from just one, one neighborhood to uh, Markham, to North York, and then uh, downtown Toronto, and then from there on. Nice. I mean, that's really that's pretty impressive, right? Uh, bootstrapping and and um, organically growing like that. Yeah. So the next stage for you guys are to more aggressively grow, mm -hmm. right? Using these number sets. Um, I know you've been talking to a few VCs. How's those conversations gone? Um, it's been it's been going okay, I would say. Um, the, the the difficulty that I find is that not a lot of VCs understand this industry we are in. Mm -hmm. They think it's very very small. Yeah. So you're only serving Chinese people? Or are you only serving Korean people? And that's not true. Um, our first step is to validate this market, and we did this by, by, by servicing the, the Asian industry and the Asian uh, community here in Canada. And our next step forward is to target non-Asian individuals. 
and have them get to know Asian foods and have them give them more options. Um, I know that a lot of people who haven't experienced Asian foods, they would think about um, fried, uh, uh, what do you call it, fried spring rolls, uh, chicken balls, and um, that's not really the authentic Asian foods. So this is really giving them the opportunity to try some real foods. Definitely. So, so what is an authentic uh, Asian food? Give me some examples. Um, so it's actually very <laughs> complex. So from, for example, sh Shanghai food, yep. um, they would have a lot of sweetness in their, in their taste. And whereas compared to a Sichuan food, it's very, very spicy. Mm. So it, it, it's, it's very complicated in terms of Asian food. So each region has, of course, its own specialties yeah. and different tastes, right? Um, yeah, that's really interesting. So you're saying that right now there's no other, there's no other service that does that for the Asian community or extra, extra, for, sorry, mainstream uh, community either, that no one's actually teaching about the different types of foods for Asia? Yeah. That, that's, where, that's the pain point you're trying to go for? Yes, so right now for, com for companies like Uber Eats, Skip the Dishes, DoorDash, they call this Chinese foods, or Japanese foods, and Korean foods. But actually in, in Japanese foods, and Korean foods, and Chinese foods, there are so many subcategories and they don't really dig into it, whereas mm. we do. And what's, and what's the response been like from your users like? Do they be like, okay, this, this is cool to have, do I use it on top of other uh, delivery tools? Or is it like, okay, I, l I really love this, right? I mean, this really understands my appetite. Um, how, what's the, what's the uh, I guess, division there? Yeah, so for us in the past, because we've have our, had our app in Chinese, um, a lot of our customers just use Cmail. Um, the average customer orders 3.9 orders a month. That's and um, so that's pretty much one order a week. Yeah. And by bringing more services on our app, we want them to come back more and more, so increasing the, the frequency. And uh, when we do have the English version, um, I think we would have a lot of non-Asian customers as well. Okay. So the way to grow, you're trying to get the other communities to get educated on the different types of food. Mm -hmm. um, have you tested it out and seen what the reaction is? Like, I mean, do people want to get more educated on these tools or uh, on these kind of foods? Like, how do you find the people that want to? Yeah, so right now, I, I would say from our um, info email, uh, we would get at least two emails every single week um, asking if there is an English version. And uh, we are starting to get a lot of non-Asian restaurants, and they want to come on our app because they want to, they want their brand to be exposed to the to to the niche market. So both sides, um, we see a demand in the non-Asian community side, and also a demand in the non-Asian restaurant side as well. So any kind of company that goes from like a niche market space into expanding into like the more mainstream, you you risk the, um, the exposure of. Uh, of, of your, I guess your value proposition being diluted, mm -hmm. right? When you service a certain community of a niche offering, um, do you f have any fears about that? That now that you're trying to expand into the mainstream market space, that your niche is going to dissipate? Yeah. So we feel that our focus is always on Asian restaurants, and as long as we have a extensive selection of them, that is that will always be our focus. And because of that. Um, both, the both the supply and the demand side would come on naturally. And um, yeah. Awesome. 
So, like, okay, so what's next? Um, you, you're trying to raise more capital, right? Are you trying to expand, build your team? Uh, yeah, so right now, all of our technology is done in-house. Um, we've actually received an IRAP grant. Mm -hmm. So it's an innovation grant from the government of Canada. And that ended a couple of months ago. And uh, so we built, our own, we built our own delivery fleet. And uh, how that is different from Uber Eats is that our drivers can hold up to five orders at the same time. And um, that really makes us um, really eco-friendly. And at the same time, it cuts down our operational cost. So how does that work? Like um, they already know the next five orders and they pick up in sequence and then deliver? Yep. So on our team, our tech team, we have a PhD in, uh, in AI actually. Okay. And uh, he helps us calculate and, and extract data from traffic, the weather, and past user behavior and things like that. So when an order comes in, the driver will see their first order and their next coming order. So when the driver is picking up an order from a restaurant, um, along the way, he'll be able to drop off and pick up other orders in the same route. And that cuts down their uh, delivery time. So the routing is done based off of that? Yes. And everything is happening in, um, everything is automatic. Uh, before, we had our uh, customer service people do it manually, and now everything is automatic. So uh, as long as the orders come in, everything will, will dispatch based on the algorithm that uh, he designs. Cool. Um, so one of the things I was so interested in talking to you about is the, the WeChat mini apps yeah. and the power behind it. Because WeChat is not something that the Western markets really understand. Mm -hmm. uh, we see it as like a completely different thing. So mini program, right? Yes, what you guys WeChat do? mini program. It feels like nowadays China is trying to, is trying to do it all. Um, they are best known for having these super apps. And now that WeChat itself is a super app, this is like WeChat creating their own Apple Store mm -hmm. inside this app. Do they, do they have a, their own main, main page about this? Um, I think WeChat does have a page just for, uh, just for mini programs. Yeah, I would assume that would have came up, but... Well, yeah, so let me, uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, WeChat and uh, that. because you also, now on the side, you, get, you make mini apps, right, mm -hmm. for, on top of other companies to, for the WeChat platform. Yeah, so we also help our restaurant partners make their own uh, WeChat mini app. Um, so, for example, let's say Mr. Noodle um, mm -hmm. is, our, is our restaurant partner, and uh, they have their restaurant on Simiao, and at, at, and at the same time, we help them create their own WeChat mini app. So when customers browse their app and make an order, it actually goes through Simiao, but they have their own branding yeah. for this. I mean, I remember checking out WeChat like a few years ago, I think like 2015, mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I think there are English functionalities there, yeah. right? But no one in my network was on it, so I couldn't really connect to anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it might be different now. Um, how is it like uh, from your end for like, are like more Westerners using WeChat? Like, how, how's, the, how's the integration been? I think, um, I would say, uh, I think this a couple. Is right, there's 2.3 million WeChat mini apps. 
Yes, that's right. It's crazy, right? Okay, and apparently that's more than the App Store? That's more than the App Store, and that's true. Jeez. The reason why is because to develop a WeChat mini app, it's way easier than, than developing an app. And customers don't have to download it, and it won't take up space in their phone, which makes it... Um, so it's all run on WeChat's back end, right? Yes. That's so interesting. So yeah, so use cases for a company, right? So let's, a restaurant can just launch a mini app for like what, like seven thousand uh, dollars. The average would be about five thousand to ten thousand would be the average. Okay, and they can just quickly launch an app where people who are already on WeChat can go log in, log into that app, a mini app. Do they download the mini app? What do they do? So all they have to do is to in the search box um, mm -hmm. search for the name, and mm -hmm. then it'll pop up. And once you click on it once, um, it would always be it would always be part of your WeChat account. Okay. So just list there, and then you can use that to interface with that business or restaurant, right? Yeah, and you can also share the app. So imagine um, imagine you uh, planning out your lunch for today. You can share the app with me, and then I can add, and I can add on to the menu. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to Henry about this, like. There are so many people, like especially like stay-at-home moms mm -hmm. in the Asian community, who are using WeChat just to promote uh, like third-party businesses and getting paid to promote those businesses and get like just uh, I think affiliate marketing or affiliate links. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like the virality effect mm -hmm. is really prominent in that. Right. Can you speak a little bit more about that? How businesses are running off WeChat? Because I don't think. Yeah. I don't so on WeChat, you can have groups, and um, usually in a group there are over. Uh, so the maximum limit is 500 people. Mm -hmm. So imagine sharing a WeChat mini app in one of these groups. That means at least 500 people would have a notification. And imagine doing that to 10 groups. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, a, it's a ripple effect, and yeah. Um, yeah. it works. So what do the companies do? Like they give affiliate links to influencers or people, whoever wants to share this can get paid for it? Um, yes, I think so. So um, yeah. We haven't done it in the past, yeah. but uh, from what I heard, they would get some sort of commission uh, when they share it to multiple numbers of WeChat groups. Awesome. And I mean, there's a lot of blowback right now on like, the technology issues between Asia and the Western world, right? Mm -hmm. um, has there been any limitation for WeChat? I know with the hardware companies, there's been issues, right? But when it comes to software, has there been any issues? Um, Do you know anything about that? Not that I know of, actually. I'm not too sure about that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so, what kind of apps have you built on WeChat? Like, what, what, are the, what are the limitations? What can you do with it? Yeah. So, right now on our Simiao WeChat mini app, we can do uh, pickup and mm -hmm. also food delivery. And uh, what we will be releasing next is to add dynamic pricing into our WeChat mini app. So, uh, when it's the end of the day, uh, you would see prices go down, and during, during slow hours, restaurant owners can lower down the prices, and then users would be notified, and they can order through that. Okay. Um, yeah, just trying to figure out, because we, uh, we were talking about WeChat like, before, right? Um, what kind of businesses would really benefit from that? Like, will you see any Western businesses, or is it should be more like, Asian-oriented businesses that will benefit from working on WeChat? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm, if I remember correctly, I think Tiffany, you know, the, the, the jewelry brand Tiffany, has its own WeChat mini app. Okay. And uh, you would actually, 
find uh, tourists from Canada, uh, tourists from China who come to Canada, and they actually buy an engagement ring through a WeChat mini program, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that happens, and um, they pay through WeChat Pay. So they'll buy an engagement ring through the app yeah. to pick up in store, or they are they in the store and using the app too? I think they will mail it to your home. Okay. Yeah. So do you, you don't have to go to the store? You don't even have to go. So people are buying engagement rings without looking at them? Yeah, without looking at it and uh, using a, a, a mini app. So it's not even a website. Yeah. So is this like the, is there, like, there's a lot of trust that is required. Yeah. Right? Like, is there that much trust in the WeChat system? Or is it more like, does WeChat itself, like, guarantee things? Like, what is the interfaceability there, right? Like, I would imagine if you get scammed a few times, like, trying to buy something or trying to do something on, on an application like that, you don't want to use it as much anymore. Mm -hmm. What's the guarantees there? Um, I think when you are trying to purchase something through WeChat, it's important to look at the at the developer and see if it's an actual, um, if it's a legit uh, company. Um, you would probably find frauds where where people would have Tiffany, but maybe have uh, two eyes or like or three Fs and uh, scam people that way. So this ha happens. I'm sure it happens in China. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, all right. So. You said you're, like you said, you're like you also have the immigrant mentality, of the duality, right? Two different identities. Um, do you see, like, do you see the China, like effect of the, the different technologies in the Asian world, and how that can benefit here or vice versa? Have you done anything like that, where you're seeing technology in, in China you can bring over here, or seen processes here that can be brought over to China? Like, have you seen anything like that? Yeah. So right now, our restaurant uh, terminal was actually, so it's a hardware, and we purchased this from China, mm -hmm. and we brought this technology here to Canada. Yep. So it's like, a, it's like a POS terminal, but on the back end, it has a camera. So uh, you, can, you can have more additional apps inside, the, the, inside this POS, and it's touch screen, and there are just so many things you can do with it, because it has uh, double cameras, and um, it's, it's touch screen, it's connected to Wi-Fi. Sorry, is this a completely different business model, or business, or? So, so on our restaurant side, okay. so, the, so the tablet we give our restaurants for them to pick up orders through CMEOW, uh, we brought this hardware from China to Canada. And, oh, okay, uh, so for restaurants that participate in your program, you actually give them a tablet as well? Yes. Okay. And uh, with this tablet, it's a new technology in China, and it has um, two-sided cameras. So think about this in the future. When, when we're trying to um, connect users inside the stores, with those users who are online. And uh, having a camera actually allows so many possibilities, such as payments, or um, even, um, there, there's so many things. So for example, paying through the camera, it would work. If you have a QR code and you use our terminal, you would open up the camera and scan the code, and the payment would go through. So the, the restaurants use this uh, without using your platform? Uh, no, so we, 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 would, we would provide this to our restaurant partners, and um, this technology would allow more opportunities in the future to, to, to make changes to the actual terminal and um, to help the restaurant partner. Okay, so you're trying to provide a different technology layer on top for these restaurants. Yeah. Um, now, that's a little different from your competitors, like Skip the Dish, um, Uber Eats. I don't think they provide their own tablets. They, you, people generally use your own tablets. 
Am I correct? The yeah, so they let you use old phones or old um, iPads, but uh, they let you bring it in. Yeah, so why would you take, why, why incur the cost of doing this? Um, like bringing in, for giving, you, for giving the restaurant your own tablet. What is, it, what, is there a quality control aspect there? Or like? Yeah, so uh, in the past, we actually tried to let restaurants use their own tablet. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that if there is a technical uh, defect, they would blame our app, where most of the time it's actually their tablet that's not working. And in order for us to make sure that doesn't happen, we provide the actual tablet for them to use. Um, they pay a deposit, it's only $200. And um, if they ever decide to not go with Simiao, it's completely refundable. Okay, that's great. So, I mean, what excites you about moving forward? I mean, you guys have clearly validated your, your product. Um, what's what gets you pumped? Uh, yeah, so we are planning to go to Vancouver, so expanding uh, Vancouver, Calgary, and next year we want to enter the States as well. Um, they have a larger Asian population and a larger community of Asian restaurants there. Yeah, of course. I mean, the United States, do you have any plans to go there? Uh, yeah, so um, next year. So by next summer, we're hoping to be in Boston. Cool. Yeah. And you guys just bootstrap this yourselves? Do you have any investors or are you brought in before? How did you achieve all this? So we bootstrapped. And uh, we, we bootstrapped since five years ago. And after two years of being in business, we, we broke even and we made a profit. And after that, we have been able to save enough money to actually fund our own business and up to today. And uh, if I were to go back, I would actually look for funding earlier. <laughs> um, it, it would help us scale faster and, uh, and expand our team. Yeah, I mean, you're in a very um, cash burn type of business, Yeah. right? I mean, DoorDash, it's worth what, $16 billion right now? Mm -hmm. It's insane. Um, how, do you, how do you see the difference in their model versus yours? There's obviously a wider spread market space, right? I mean, I did a lot of analytical work for DoorDash, and um, I mean, food delivery is just a tip of the iceberg for them. They just want to be a delivery platform for anything. Mm -hmm. um, they have such a wide, it's one of the main reasons why we raise much capital, because they have such a widespread market space. Um, you can see yourself in, uh, what is it? expanding into different roles like that? Uh, in the future, yes. Uh, we're looking to expand outside of food. So not just from uh, prepared food. Uh, we want to expand into Asian snacks, mm -hmm. into Asian beauty supplies, but also offer that uh, delivery. So still focus on the niche market space, but um, use the delivery logistics platform to deliver multiple, things, multiple goods. Yes. Do you already have that in works? Do you have the merchants? Interested in that or? Uh, so we are in the talks. Uh, we are, um, the Asian uh, beauty industry is huge from Japanese to Korean uh, makeup products. And we want to be able to de deliver those. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, what does success look like for you here? Like, are you trying, would you, would you ever exit to a larger company, buy you out? Um, are you trying to grow to a certain level? Um, you know, what, are the, what are the benchmarks? I mean, focusing on a limited, a limited community as the Asian community um, and expanding out to other communities. There's still that kind of like, the, the, something to curb your growth rate, is that not? Mm -hmm. um, at least between the co-founders, mm -hmm. our personal goal for ourselves is to, is to tackle Canada first 
and make sure we are dominating Canada. And after we do that, I guess we are open to anything. Um, you never know, and uh, we, are, we are keeping ourselves open. You keep yourself open? Awesome. Anything else you'd like to, uh, to mention, talk about? Um, I feel that uh, it's been six years since we started, five to six years, mm -hmm. and um, the industry has changed a lot. Nowadays, Asian-themed um, cuisines has been part of the mainstream community as well. And I hope that See Me Out in the future can be a part of this and, and be a part of the solution to bring in, um, to, to make this country really more multicultural. And um, that's the vision we have for the long run. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to wrap up. Right? I mean, this has been a great discussion, a little bit more about the food delivery aspects in, in the Asian community. Um, the WeChat piece was, more, uh, was like what I'm one of the things I'm really interested in you guys. Because there's not, there's, I'm seeing more and more people offering this service as WeChat becomes more popular, mm -hmm, yeah. and in the Western markets especially. I'm interested to see how it, um, if we can have, actually have a cashless, if the cashless play comes into effect here too, right? If WeChat becomes as a payment platform, um, is it WeChat itself that's a payment platform? Or is it an interface with the actual payment platforms? So WeChat itself. So inside WeChat, you can pay through WeChat, and there's a wallet and everything. Mm. And are people using that right now in Western markets? Like, can you go to an Asian, like, into a Chinese restaurant, into a Japanese restaurant, and pay through WeChat? Yes, right now you can. Um, even malls like uh, Fairview Mall, you can pay through WeChat at mm -hmm. Fairview Mall. Okay. Yeah. So it's expanding. Yes. It's expanding into the marketplace. That's interesting. Um, well, I wish you the best. I'm pretty sure people that side of the business will grow as WeChat gets more popular as well. Mm -hmm. And that's something you guys do in mainline, or is this like a side project you do while the main project goes forward? Uh, this is definitely, um, so food delivery and, and mobile pickup is still our, our main business. And um, everything else we do would, would probably revolve around that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, it's been awesome. Thank you for coming on, Ivy. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. It's been great. Thank you, Ivy. Thank you. Okay, that's a wrap.